Welcome to the Dear Nikki Mama podcast. I'm Ashley. And I'm Martha. And our mission is to connect the past and the present Nikki Mom by celebrating our stories and what our babies have overcome. Whether your NICU journey was 50 years ago or whether you find yourself in the NICU today, we hope that this podcast reminds you that you are not alone. Hey, beautiful mamas, it's Ashley here. Before we hop into the episode, I just wanted to give a quick disclaimer as this episode isn't like our normal episodes, and we might be using terminology that isn't ideal for little ears. So if you typically listen to the podcast in the car with your kiddos or in public spaces without headphones, this episode might be a good one to put those headphones in and listen in a place that might be a bit more private. So just a disclaimer that we are talking about sex and intimacy, and we just want to make sure that you feel as comfortable as possible throughout the episode. So we're super excited to share it with you today, and we hope it offers you some hope and insight into the topic of sex after NICU and or birth trauma. Hi, mamas, and welcome back to the Dear NICU Mama podcast. It's your host, Martha and... Ashley. Ashley, this is one of those times we record where I'm like, we just did this. And so it feels like we have some continuity to what we're doing. We have a flow going and it's a real pleasure. I can't wait till I can see you in person again. I know. Same. I'm over the isolation. I I think it's been, you know, we're coming up on, it's been a year since I hugged you. Oh my gosh. I mean, don't cry, but I, I might cry. (laughs) Isn't that horrible? That makes me so sad. Yes, that is horrible. (laughs) There will be an end. This is a season and it will be all the more wonderful and snuggly when we get to cuddle later. Yes. Amen. (laughs) Well, uh, mamas, we just had an episode with Natalie Ryder um, of Prairie Land Counseling LLC to talk about sex after birth trauma, after NICU stays. um, And it was a wonderful conversation. And we really touched on mental health and trauma and the effect that it has on your sex drive and your connection with your partner. It was a really beautiful episode. Mm -hmm. And we thought that the perfect way to complement that would be to dive into more of the physical elements. You know, what is happening in our body that we can address with different tactics and techniques. And to do that, we've invited another expert today. Her name is Jill Ehrmantraut. She's from Apex Physical Therapy and Wellness Center. She's local to the Fargo-Moorhead area. Welcome, Jill. We're so glad that you're here. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm excited. So Jill, you're a board-certified women's health clinical specialist and a physical therapist, but can you tell us a little bit more about your background and experience? Yes, absolutely. So I am a doctor of physical therapy. I have been treating pelvic floor women's health issues for going on 11 years now. Um, Like you said, I am a board certified women's health specialist. I also have my certificate of achievement in pelvic floor physical therapy. And kind of a fun side note, something different. I am also certified in pelvic floor dry needling, one of the only ones in the area. So that's been something that's kind of fun to add to my practice. And what is, I've never heard of dry needling. What is that? Okay. So we, they're called dry needles. They're very, very thin, you know, a traditional needle we're taking, putting fluid in or taking it out. The dry needles were not. So it's a really thin needle that what I do is use the needle and insert it into a tight part of the muscle. So whether it's your low back or for me, a lot of times it's the pelvic floor 
And what that is going to do is help the muscle relax, help to decrease pain, improve blood flow. So it's a really beneficial treatment for some pain-related types of issues. Oh my gosh. I've never heard of that before. Yeah. I love it. Well, and I am going to be totally transparent. Until I had kids or became a mom, I had never even heard of the pelvic floor. (laughs) And why treating your pelvic floor after having a baby is important. And so could we start there? Can you just explain to us what the pelvic floor is and why it's an important part of healing after birth? Yes, absolutely. So, you know, you're not alone. I would say a good portion of our patients are especially women before we ever are pregnant or have babies don't really know what it is. Um, so the pelvic floor, it's a collective group of muscles that sit at the base of our pelvis. So I kind of think of it like a hammock. They run from the front to the back and kind of surround the entire pelvis. Um, they have three really important roles. I'll kind of go over those quickly. The first one is they help with bladder control. So they support the bladder itself, kind of like a ball on a hammock, if you can think of it that way. They also provide closure to the urethra. That's the tube that carries urine from the bladder outside of our body. So I kind of like to think of them in that sense, like a clamp on a hose when they're working really strong. They're able to close the urethra and keep urine in so we don't have accidents because that's we don't want that to happen. Right. (laughs) Um, Which is a common thing after baby. So we definitely treat a lot of that. They also provide support, kind of like I said, to all the pelvic and abdominal organs. So this has a direct link during pregnancy. As baby grows, as uterus grows, the pelvic floor needs to work a little bit harder to provide the support from the bottom up. So that's where we can sometimes run into issues, whether the muscles get overstretched during pregnancy Sometimes they'll actually like over tense and tighten to help support everything. And then we can run into some pain types of issues during or after pregnancy. And then the one we're going to talk about, kind of the third function, is they have a huge sexual function. So first, in order to have, I guess we could say, penetrative sex, um, the muscles, you, it, they're passed through. They kind of pass through the opening of the vagina. So they're stretched and they're pushed on. So when they're tight, we're going to experience some pain with this. Um, The other function they have is during, I'm going to get into the nitty gritty here, during an orgasm, the the pelvic floor muscles squeeze quickly and tightly and strongly to kind of give us that pleasure experience. So sometimes when we're having issues with that, we need to look at the pelvic floor because they may be a culprit. But you know, kind of like I say, they're muscles just like anywhere else in the body. We just don't mm-hmm. think of having muscles down there. So in that light, they can have problems with those muscles, kind of like you can have problems with your muscles anywhere else in your body. Mm-hmm. Right. And not to totally jump ahead, because maybe we're going to talk about this as well, but as a preemie mom, I guess I never really thought that pelvic floor or dealing with that would be prevalent in my situation because I didn't carry full term. And so, you know, in your opinion and in your practice, is pelvic floor therapy also beneficial for preemie mamas or mamas who didn't carry a full term child? Oh, yes, absolutely. So, you know, even if we're a preemie mom, baby's a little bit smaller we're still going to have some trauma through those pelvic floor muscles, whether it's with pregnancy itself with the muscles stretching or kind of fighting back against the increasing weight on the pelvis um, or during delivery. And we can experience problems to the pelvic floor, whether it's a vaginal or C-section delivery. So, you know, even when we have a preemie mom, 
that doesn't necessarily mean that we're going to be immune to some pelvic floor issues. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, some some moms, if they're uh, predisposed to preterm labor or um, have cervical incompetence, they'll um, get a cerclage placed on their cervix. And I'm just thinking of like all the medical touch that happens in your cervix, even if it's just like all the times that you have to have like a speculum to make sure that you're not dilating, all this different stuff. And I imagine it kind of accumulates, right? Every time that there's like a natural medical touch. It, does that kind of contribute to the the trauma that happens to those muscles? Oh, absolutely. So, you know, kind of a normal reflex our body has, which is a protective survival reflex, is when something is uncomfortable or painful or kind of emotionally uncomfortable, we draw away. So think mm-hmm. of if you put your hand on a hot stove, you pull away. That's a good thing. When it comes to the pelvic floor, um, however, this can kind of cause some issues. So when we're going through some of those medical experiences that can be uncomfortable, the muscles are going to tense and guard against that. And if they don't get the opportunity to let go and relax again, or not even aware that they're doing that, that can have the cumulative effect where we're going to see some muscle tension and possibly dysfunction. Hmm. Hmm. I never even thought of it that way. That's so insightful. Hmm. So we've touched on it ever slightly, and really, I think we can probably all agree that so much changes in our bodies physically after birth, and especially after hearing just about our pelvic floor muscles and all of that, that's a lot of change. And so can you fill us in on what some of those changes are and how they can affect sex and intimacy after birth? Oh, yeah, absolutely. So after birth, so I'm going to kind of maybe break this up into a vaginal birth and a C-section birth, if that's okay. That's perfect. Um, So during a vaginal birth, baby actually has to pass through the pelvic floor muscles kind of at the vaginal opening. When this happens, a couple of things can happen to our pelvic floor. Number one that a lot of us have experienced is going to be either a tear or an episiotomy. So any tear or episiotomy, you know, they're graded by how, I guess, kind of deep they are. So anything that would be a grade two to four, and this is kind of a side note, if your physician, should you tear, if your doctor doesn't tell you and you're interested, just ask them. I did during mine because they didn't tell me. I was just curious. So side note, sorry to get off track. Yeah. <laughs> um, but anything from a grade two to four tear, we're actually going to be going into the pelvic floor muscles. So these are stitched up and repaired. So we're going to have scar tissue to this area. Hmm. Kind of the tough thing about scar tissue is it's a little bit different than the muscle tissue that was there before. It doesn't move as well. It can be extra sensitive because we might have some nerve issues going on. So that can lead to some pain types of issues. Um, On the other side of things, as baby passes through the pelvic floor, they can stretch quite a bit. And when a muscle is overstretched, it, it can become weak. So this is when we can actually see issues to the pelvis, which would directly be maybe possibly bladder leakage. But when the pelvic floor is weak, that can all also lead to issues such as back pain or hip pain because things are just kind of stretched. They don't work quite as well. Mm-hmm. So then on the other side, if we're talking about a C-section birth, so really all of the things that can happen to the pelvic floor during a vaginal birth kind of can happen during a C-section birth. We're not going to get that obvious passing through the pelvic floor of baby, but pregnancy itself can lead to some pelvic floor issues. But when we're dealing with a C-section, we're dealing with a lot of lower abdominal scar tissue. We're dealing with some abdominal weakness because they cut directly through the core muscles. So this Mm -hmm. can cause some pain. Um, This can cause some long-term weakness or core 
weakness, which will lead to some back pain. This is also when we're going to see a little bit more common, um, the diastasis recti or kind of that mommy belly that a lot of us call that little bit of a split that we can see is going to girl. Like, I know. Right. Yeah. 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 Which is something physical therapists treat too, by the way. Um, <laughs> anyway, after a C-section, that's going to be a little bit more common. So after baby, just generally, we're going to see some lumbo-pelvic muscle weakness, bladder issues, possibly pain issues. Those are kind of some of the most common changes that our bodies will see. Hmm. Wow, that's that's incredible. I mm-hmm. I'm also just thinking now about how no matter if you're preterm or if you're delivering full term, often they're emergent situations, right? They're emergency. So even like the when you're delivering the and when you're having a C-section, all those things happen really really quickly too. So it's not like surgeons are doing the most delicate and precise of cuts, right? Like right. I ended up having yeah. a classical C-section, which is Ugh. a, um, you know, for those listening, it's a horizontal and a vertical incision on the um, the uterus. I'm sure some of you all have had it too. Um, and so it, that also leads to it as well, I'm sure. That is just, it's so interesting. And I hope it's really affirming to those listening too, that like your body has been through so much. And so mm-hmm. you, a, you're a freaking warrior. And B, it's, it gives a lot of reasonings for why things might not feel like they normally do. And maybe yeah. that's a good um, transition here is, is why does sex feel so different at, after birth? And, and what can moms do to, to find pleasure in sex again? Right. So we, it can feel different for two reasons. Um, first off, when the muscles are stretched during birth, which is pretty normal, um, they get a little bit weak. So... When sex after birth isn't as pleasurable, that's usually because the muscles are weak. When they're weak, I'm going to get nitty gritty, they're not as bulky. So, you know, when someone, when say they feel looser down there, it's because the muscles are weak. They're also involved in the pleasure response, kind of the climax response. So when they're weak, we're not going to get as intense of that. So that definitely can make it feel different. On the other side, if we're dealing with pain issues with sex, the muscles are tight. So, you know, imagine pushing it on a knot in your muscle anywhere else in your body. It hurts, right? Mm-hmm. So during sex, kind of the same thing is happening to your pelvic floor. They're getting pushed on. They're getting stretched. And if they're tight or have some of those tight spots, we, we call them trigger points in the clinical world. Um, but if they have some of those tight spots, that's going to cause some pain. Mm. So what we can do about it? Well, there's a whole lot we can do it. I would say, obviously, you can go and see a pelvic floor physical therapist. Um, they are going to be able to evaluate and kind of see what's going on, whether your muscles are weak and we need to really focus on strengthening the pelvic floor, the core and the hips, or whether the muscles are tight and we need to focus on relaxing them, calming the nervous system down, calming your muscles down, adding some stretches, really what's going on, what we find is going to determine how we treat it. Um, but you know, at home, other things mom can work on should, if she's not able to see a pelvic floor therapist or it just doesn't work right now, working on some relaxation, which is not the easiest after baby. So hopefully we have a supportive partner that can help a little bit or when baby is sleeping is a perfect time to do this. Um, some deep breathing types of exercises, meditation, imagine the pelvic muscles opening up, relaxing and letting go we just kind of want to calm everything down a little bit, kind of turn things off a little bit, if that makes sense. Yeah, for sure. Maybe this is a silly question, but at what point is 
pain after after birth, like during sex, normal? And when is it abnormal? And when is it like a clear sign that, okay, something is clearly not right with my body. I need to reach out to my doctor or physical therapist, in your opinion. Right. Absolutely. So, you know, really, I would say any type of pain with sex is not normal, no matter how long it's been. However, it is not uncommon. Um you know, kind of my personal recommendation. Number one, I would wait until you have your six-week postpartum visit and have your doctor clue you for sexual activity. We just really want to make sure the tissue is healed well enough. Mm -hmm. So it's really not unreasonable to expect some level of discomfort the first couple of times you return to sexual activity. I would say if you're able to complete sexual activity, give it a couple weeks and the pain decreases or goes away, you maybe don't need us, even though we'd still love to see you. Um, mm -hmm. But the first sexual experience, if the pain is really severe, if you're not able to complete sex, if it doesn't improve, um, it would definitely be time to either call your OB or really honestly, if your insurance allows, just set up a visit with a physical therapist because your OB may be sending you to us anyway. Mm -hmm. um, but anytime we have severe pain, I would definitely come in. In the same light, it is also never too late to come and see us. So whether your mm -hmm. baby is six weeks old or your baby is in college, any type of pain, you would definitely benefit from working with a physical therapist. Um, it's never too late. There's always things we can do to help improve the muscle function, to help decrease your pain. So that's, yeah, I would say any type of pain, we would definitely be happy to see you and see what's going on. Hmm. And maybe this is this is another question to add on to this, but you mentioned, you know, OBs could be a great place to find a referral for physical therapy, but are there any resources online or databases that someone could use to search and find um, a certified provider in their area? Yes, that is a fantastic question. You know, kind of a side note, you do want to find a therapist who really does have a high level of training in this area. This is something mm -hmm. that a lot of therapy schools actually, unfortunately, don't include in their program because it's not an entry-level therapist skill. So it's really important to do your research. Um, you can go to the American Physical Therapy Association website and search for a therapist under there. Our own professional organization is called the Academy of Pelvic Health. Um, if you go to their website, you'd be able to find a database there. There's also kind of another private organization. They're called Herman and Wallace that provides a lot of pelvic floor education to therapists, and they will also have a database there. Um, those would probably be my top three resources because you're really not able to get into those databases unless you have a certain level of training, which is really important. Mm -hmm. um, otherwise, I mean, you can always Google it, but I would trust some of those other resources in finding a well-trained physical therapist a little bit more. Yeah, absolutely. That was a great question. Yeah. Man, I also just feel like I have so many questions. This is like a whole new world. <laughs> no, that's great. I'll take them, right? I'll take them. <laughs> like, oh my gosh. And so you kind of mentioned it's never too late. So would you be willing um, – I know with like HIPAA and all that stuff, like you can't give like specifics, but – would you be willing to offer, you know, just a story of encouragement of like what you've seen, where you've seen pelvic floor therapy really benefit moms? And, you know, maybe it was many years after birth or, you know, like in your experience, how have you seen this be super beneficial for moms? Right. Oh, man. So 
kind of two things. Number one, if you're able to get in after birth, we really think every mom should be seen. Um, In Europe, that's kind of the norm. In the States, it really isn't yet to really allow your body to heal. That being said, I have treated a lot of women with pain with sex, even after menopause. So 50s, 60s, 70s, I think one of the oldest women I've ever treated is 93, which you know, bless her heart. I think that is just fabulous that this is still an important issue to her. Um, And even being in your 80s and 90s, we are still able to restore that pelvic floor muscle function and restore to pain-free activity. So you're right. It's really never too late. So what you're saying is that pain does not have to be normal. (laughs) Yes. Oh, absolutely. It's kind of our little catchphrase is it's not uncommon, but it's not normal. So yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. That's good. Oh my gosh, you're so uh, you're so succinct and and you are so articulate about obviously because you're know, an expert. Joe. Well, thanks. I appreciate no, that. You're perfect for this. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, thanks. this is great. So this sounds like a great time to transition to some questions that we have from NICU mamas. Uh, On our private group, we posted an anonymous survey where mamas could ask questions about this topic, and they they really went into it. They asked some really specific, some great questions. And to me, that just proves that there is such a need for information on this topic. So we're so Mm -hmm. glad we're doing this. Um, One of the first questions we had is, is it normal to feel abdominal pressure during sex after birth, you know, NICU birth, birth trauma? Right. And I agree. These questions are fabulous, which really also does show how common this can be. Mm-hmm. Um, but to the question, is it normal to feel abdominal pressure during sex? No, um, that's something we don't want you to feel. Again, it's normal, but it's not uncommon. Um, but still, we, we don't want that. It's not comfortable. It's not fun. You know, it could be from a couple of different things. Number one, should your pelvic floor be tight? You may be actually experiencing some referred pressure and pain into your abdomen. We can definitely help with that. Um, number two, you know, and I guess I don't know the, the specifics here, but if it's a C-section, we're dealing with some abdominal and pelvic scar tissue, which pelvic floor therapists are also trained to do abdominal hands-on soft tissue work. So we can definitely mm. reduce any restrictions in the abdomen that may be causing some of this pressure and discomfort. So, you know, if you're experiencing abdominal pain or pressure during sex, I definitely think that's something that you can see your physical therapist and they'd be able to help you with. Hmm. I didn't realize that there was also therapies for like scar tissue work. Yes, absolutely. And it's it's really important. Those little darn scar tissue <sighs> fibers, I guess, just get sensitive. They don't move as well. So getting in and getting them worked on can really improve the mobility and any pain issues you may be having in that scar tissue. Right. For sure. Um, Another question a mama had was, um, she said, my episiotomy scar is really tender and painful during sex. How long before it should be considered an issue? She said, even with lube and foreplay, it just really isn't comfortable. Right. So kind of like I said before, you know, pain at six weeks with maybe the first one or two sexual experiences, I don't like that, but it can happen. Um, You know, it's very possible that after a couple of sexual experiences, the sensitivity of the scar tissue decreases. However, I would say if your pain is really bad, 
I would even say after that eight to 12 week postpartum mark, should that episiotomy scar be giving you pain, it's time to come in. Mm -hmm. Um, But I also would say with this, it's also never too late. I have seen women one to two, three years, or if if not even later with ongoing episiotomy pain, um, it's time to come in. So we obviously do recommend lube and foreplay to let things loosen up and we're going to decrease friction. But even with using these types of things, if you're still having pain, the scar tissue really just probably needs to be worked on a little bit to loosen it up, to decrease how sensitive it is, and that can help decrease some of your pain. Hmm. You know what, too? I think uh, you highlight a really good thing, which is if you are not feeling pleasure during sex and it's painful, you deserve to be seen by someone to get support and resources and therapy to make it better. You know, I think it's, it's uh, kind of comes back to this idea that you need to prioritize your health. Um, and it may seem like it's something that might be easy to put off, but um, it seems like if they go in for this therapy, if you do the work and you find a good fit, it can have such great outcomes that it would be totally worth it. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, absolutely. I totally agree. Yeah. I just feel so much hope listening to this. I'm like, oh, because sometimes I think you think like you have this window of time after having birth where like there's this many weeks between like where things are fixable in my body. But hearing you talk about saying things like, yeah, I saw a 70-year-old woman and we were able to help her. It's like, oh my gosh, like that also just shows the resiliency of our bodies and how, you know, the way that they were designed is – to not be in pain. And so this is just, it has so much hope placed throughout this episode. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's great. And you know, you're right. Your, our bodies are resilient and giving kind of the right tools. They're very good at healing themselves. Actually, sometimes they just mm-hmm. need that little bit of extra push or knowing what to do in order to get that. Right. Absolutely. I love that. One mama talked about her sex drive. She still feels like after a whole year, she doesn't have sex drive and she used to have a super high one. So does that fall within your expertise as a physical therapist? So it certainly can. It really depends on what is going on. You know, there's a lot of factors. It could be a hormone, hormonal thing, maybe some sort of mental thing, but it absolutely there can be a physical component to this. Um, so sometimes, you know, I've talked about how a lot of times the pelvic floor can get tight, but it's also really common after birth or just pregnancy itself to have your pelvic floor get kind of stretched out and weak. So your pelvic floor really is an important component to pleasure and desire during sex. And if the, if the muscles are weak, we maybe are going to have a, a, a slight amount of decreased blood flow to the area. Um, we may be having some decreased awareness to the area, which is common after childbirth. So should that be the case, we definitely can work on some targeted exercises to strengthen the pelvic floor, which is going to include kind of the Kegels we've all heard about. (laughs) But really, we, you know, strengthening the core and the hips because everything from under your rib cage down to your hips work together with your pelvic floor. So Mm -hmm. should that be kind of the experience that she's having? I'd say it'd be worth having your pelvic floor evaluated because if there is some weakness issues... We can definitely work on that. And that is something that would have the possibility of improving sex drive and pleasure. Sure. Yeah. No, that's helpful. Okay. So we've got 
a lot of information here about what are the things that cause our, you know, painful sex, um, you know, when you might want to pursue seeing a therapist for these things, but what are some exercises that you might be able to do after birth at home that would make it easier to have sex later without pain? Yeah, good question. So there really is a lot you can do and maybe I'll split it a little bit in like kind of that first six weeks window and after, um, Really, as soon as you feel comfortable after baby, if they're not too painful, you can start doing some really gentle Kegels. So squeezing the pelvic floor, that's pulling the muscles up and in, kind of like you're imagine you're trying to stop the flow of urine. Um, but some other really good things you can do when it comes to pain issues, we want to just kind of calm everything down. So some relaxation exercises, some meditation. I really like some kind of mental visualization of the pelvic muscles. So one kind of cue I like to help relax, I don't like the word relax. So if that's what you're thinking, <laughs> quit thinking that because as soon as we say that, I feel like we just tense up. Yeah. So, right, right. Yeah. You know, I want you to put your mind kind of in your pelvic area, in the vaginal opening even, and just imagine in it opening up or dropping down. Because those are two things that will get the muscles to relax and let go a little bit. And that can help decrease some tension and pain. Um, deep breathing, diaphragmatic breathing is also going to be a great exercise you can start as soon as you feel comfortable. So kind of one way I like to do this, probably the easiest way to start is have one hand on your chest, one hand on your belly. You're going to take a deep breath in through your nose. When you're doing that, your belly should rise. So your belly hand should move but your chest hand should stay pretty still. So in doing this, you're using your diaphragm. That type of breathing is actually going to calm your nervous system down, which it can kind of be an overdrive in this period of time and cause more tension. So by calming the nervous system down, we're going to decrease muscle tension, decrease, I mean, even anxiety and some of those types of issues. So deep breathing is something that can be started really as soon as you feel comfortable. Um, now, maybe looking more at the six weeks and beyond postpartum Mark, I love stretches. So hip stretches, low back, inner thighs. The pelvic floor is kind of tricky. It's really hard to stretch by itself. But by stretching these other muscles, you will get the pelvic floor to stretch. So whether you like gentle yoga or Pilates, um, a few of my favorites, I'll just tell you now, if you don't know what they are, Google them. You'll find pictures on Google. But some of my favorite stretches are going to be a child's pose, a seated butterfly stretch, happy baby. That one's a little more intense, but if it feels good, go for it. But also hamstring stretching, low back stretching, anything like that is going to help decrease any tension to the pelvic floor and will help prevent any pain issues. Or if we're dealing with pain issues, they can help improve them. Yeah, absolutely. And let's say that maybe a mama is, you know, having some discomfort and, you know, what are some helpful questions that she can ask her OB or physical therapist that might point her in the right direction of the right services for her? Ooh, that's a good question. So I, you know, locally, I feel like our OBs are pretty good at working with some of our local physical therapists. Mm -hmm. So asking who they should see. Um, and you kind of mentioned that not every physical therapist specializes in pelvic floor, right? So maybe asking for that specialty? Yes, absolutely correct. Yep. And, you know, just to know too, I feel like our big medical systems here are pretty good. Not all nationwide are, um, but you do have the choice. So if you know who you want to see, advocate for that person because 
you are allowed to go anywhere you want, mm-hmm. um, but making sure they have the proper training. So even when you see your physical therapist, number one, if it's the right fit, if you feel comfortable with them, I think it's okay to ask a little bit about their background training, maybe mm-hmm. how long they've been doing this, how many people they've seen, just to make sure that you're with the right fit. You know, finding the right mm-hmm. fit for you is really going to give you the best results in your therapy experience. Mm-hmm. I'm glad that you mentioned that because we talk about that a lot with like maternal mental health and finding a therapist that is a good fit emotionally as well. And so it's encouraging to hear you also say that sometimes it takes time to find the right fit for a physical therapist as well. And it's okay to advocate for yourself until you find that right fit. Yep. And you know, another side note too, we've had some patients who maybe worked with a physical therapist before that maybe just wasn't quite targeting the right areas. So I also would say if you've had some pelvic physical therapy or any physical therapy for these types of issues and didn't find the relief you want, I'd say it's pretty fair um, to seek out a second opinion. You know, everybody treats a little bit different and styles don't always mesh or maybe the style of that therapist just isn't what your body needs. Mm -hmm. So I also would say if you've tried pelvic floor physical therapy and it wasn't exactly what you wanted, I wouldn't get discouraged. Um, I would look for another one for second opinion because that might just be what your body needs at that time. Right. No, that's super helpful. We've talked with um, massage therapists in the past that kind of talk about how our bodies hang on to trauma in the muscles, yes. especially abdominal muscles. And yep. and so I would love to hear from you as a physical therapist, have you noticed in your practice? Ooh, you I know, have actually. Yeah. Would you be willing to share about that? Like kind of some emotional releases or things I've yeah. seen working on? Yes, absolutely. Yep. Yeah. So I'd love to hear you know, in your experience as a provider where you've seen that play out as well. Right. Yep. No. And we have seen clinically that, yes, absolutely. Those abdominal tissues, organs can hold a lot of that trauma. So if you've gone through a traumatic birth experience, some of that trauma can be stored inside of those tissues and contribute to some ongoing pain, some ongoing Mm -hmm. hyperactive nervous system issues, which causes muscle tension and pain. Um, so yes, as women's health physical therapists, a good majority of us are trained in hands-on abdominal releases and Mm -hmm. I've seen it clinically. I don't, I really can't tell you how many times I've worked on a uterus and a mom will tell me her birth story. Mm -hmm. Um, I've had patients where it happens multiple times and you know, I I know it's going to happen, but I love hearing those and it's good to get that out. Mm -hmm. Um, I sometimes when we work on some of those abdominal tissues, we will get an emotional response. And mm-hmm. that's normal. It happens. It's nothing to be embarrassed about. It's actually healthy to let mm-hmm. some of those responses out because if those tissues keep storing that, we may experience some of that ongoing pain and tension that we're dealing with. So that is something that we see quite often in the clinic, actually. Mm. Wow, that's so insightful. And I feel like, again, it just really goes to talk about, you know, how our bodies are doing everything they can to protect us yes. <laughs> and yep. mm-hmm. to protect us from feeling too much and too too much too fast. And so it's really powerful to hear about, you know, it's good to let it go, you know, to let it out. And in fact, like our bodies were meant to to feel pleasure and it wasn't meant to always feel painful. And so it's just really powerful to hear about how 
you know, how our bodies were designed and how they protect us and where there are therapies to help us release some of that as well. Yep, absolutely. So powerful. Well, Jill, thank you again. We cannot say enough how insightful this episode has been and not only from an emotional aspect of what's happening and changing in our body, but just to better understand what physically is happening down there and what has happened. And just the reiteration that painful sex doesn't have to be the normal and it's not too late to reach out for some of the services and therapies. And so mamas, if you're listening to this and intimacy and sex has been painful or, you know, just every day down there has been somewhat uncomfortable, we hope that this episode gives you a push to advocate for yourself because like Martha said, you deserve to feel good things and your body deserves to be in good health. And so Thank you so much, Jill, for your insight and for your wisdom. And mamas, we just want to say that we love you and hope that this episode offers you some hope and encouragement. And so thank you for tuning in with us on our part two of sex and intimacy after NICU and birth trauma. And we hope you guys have an amazing and wonderful Valentine's Day. If you love this podcast and would like to hear more amazing stories, please consider becoming a member of the Dear NICU Mama Patreon page. In addition to special merchandise and early access to content, Patreon members support the mission, programs, and services of Dear NICU Mama. You can find the link on the description of this episode. As always, if you'd like to hear more from Dear NICU Mama, click subscribe. Welcome to the sisterhood.